If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of December 12, 2021. The podcast that invented Teflon brake pads. This is your host, Shane Killian. This is the last regular podcast for 2021. We'll be back in the new year with our 2021 year in review. And after that, the podcast keeps on keeping on. For now, let's lateralize the news of the bogus. Of course, the biggest piece of fear-mongering about the Supreme Court is that they'll just overturn Roe v. Wade any time now, which will mean that no one could get an abortion for any reason whatsoever, despite the fact that you'd also have to overturn Casey, but whatever. All this week, we heard that, thanks to the Trump appointees, the Supreme Court was going to do just that, with some reporting that they actually did, and then they didn't. What they did do was say they weren't going to do anything right now, but the clinics could go ahead and sue, and they could go through the appellate process, and we'll see what happens from there. Of course, they didn't let them sue absolutely whoever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to, so the pundits used that to say that Roe was effectively overturned. Again, it isn't. Actually, they really didn't do anything. They declined to act preemptively since this was just an interlocutory appeal. Justice Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion for the court, which said, quote, As with any interlocutory appeal, our review is limited to the particular orders under review and any other ruling inextricably intertwined with or necessary to ensure meaningful review of them. In this preliminary posture, the ultimate merits question, whether SB-8 is consistent with the federal constitution, is not before the court, nor is the wisdom of SB-8 as a matter of public policy. What they did say is something very typical. You can't sue a judge, clerk, or the AG. You can sue licensing officials, though, which they say leaves the door open for the law, without also mentioning that it leaves it open for the law to be blocked. Quote, in the end, the petitioners say they intend to seek an order enjoining all state court clerks from docketing SB-8 cases and all state court judges from hearing them. Almost immediately, however, the petitioner's theory confronts a difficulty. Generally, states are immune from suit under the terms of the 11th Amendment and the Doctrine of Sovereign Immunity. Usually, those individuals do not enforce state laws as executive officials might. Instead, they work to resolve disputes between parties. If a state court errs in its rulings, too, the traditional remedy has been some form of appeal, including this court, not the entry of an ex ante injunction preventing the state court from hearing cases. As ex parte Young put it, an injunction against a state court or its machinery would be a violation of the whole scheme of our government. As for them wanting to enjoin whoever and whenever, quote, Consistent with historical practice, a federal court exercising its equitable authority may enjoin named defendants from taking specified unlawful actions. But under traditional equitable principles, no court may lawfully enjoin the world at large or purport to enjoin challenged laws themselves. Apparently they're just salty because the abortion providers have to follow the same rules that apply to anyone else asserting constitutional rights. Gorsuch wrote, as our cases explain, the chilling effect associated with a potentially unconstitutional law being on the books is insufficient to justify federal intervention in a pre-enforcement suit. Instead, 
this court has always required proof of a more concrete injury and compliance with traditional rules of equitable practice. The court has consistently applied these requirements whether the challenge law in question is said to chill the free exercise of religion, the freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, or any other right. The petitioners are not entitled to a special exemption. Which is essentially what they were asking for. What we're left with, and this was Sotomayor's claim, is that abortion rights are so important that it needs to be different for some reason. But as Gorsuch wrote, to the extent Justice Sotomayor seems to wish even more tools existed to combat this type of law, Congress is free to provide them. In fact, the House of Representatives recently passed a statute that would purport to preempt state laws like SB 8. But one thing this court may never do is disregard the traditional limits on the jurisdiction of federal courts just to see a favored result win the day. At the end of that road is a world in which the division of power among the branches of government could exist no longer, and the other departments would be swallowed up by the judiciary. Sorry, but you don't get special treatment, especially since you obviously don't want that for Second and Fourth Amendment cases. Maybe we should remember Sotomayor's claims next time a gun rights case comes up. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. You can also use the library credits you create at Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. So we've talked about Tor, the way of communicating privately over an encrypted framework. It's a way of protecting the first mile, so people on your local network or ISP can't see what you're up to and can even help hide your IP address from the website. If the website itself is on Tor, in other words, you browse to a .onion address, the whole thing is encrypted and protected. Governments have tried numerous ways of breaking and de-anonymizing Tor. The few attempts that had some measure of success have been prevented from being repeated by updates to the Tor system. Now we've seen the biggest attempt yet to compromise security on Tor, and, spoiler alert, it didn't work. Since 2017, an unknown threat actor has been running thousands of malicious nodes and that includes entry, middle, and exit nodes in the Tor network. At its peak, the threat actor was running 900 malicious nodes, some 10% of the number of nodes that are generally running at any given time. And these were nodes in data centers all over the world. The Tor project has been working to remove the malicious relays and had made the determination they were all being operated by the same group. Security researchers believe this to be a professional and persistent threat actor 
one operating on behalf of either a government or a large hacking organization, which they've dubbed CAC-17. At one point, there was a 16% chance that a Tor user would connect through at least one of the CAC-17's nodes, including about a 5% chance of it being the all-important exit node. CAC-17 seems to have made a big mistake. After their nodes got kicked off, they got salty and started ranting about it on the Tor project mailing list. Not smart. But even if this hadn't been discovered, the ability to de-anonymize users would have been limited at best. There's the outside chance they could de-anonymize the odd rando here and there, but no way it could be targeted to either users or servers. In fact, by running a whole bunch of extra nodes, it seems the CAC-17 just sped up the network and increased its security and anonymity. It really shows that compromising Tor is next to impossible and even outside of the range of action that nation-states can engage in. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. And now, a story that'll be no surprise to anyone who actually does their own shopping, but inflation is now the highest it's been in 39 years. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, consumer prices have risen 6.8% from where they were a year ago, and 0.8% over the month of November. If that stays constant, then the annual inflation rate will top 10%. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce reacted to the news by calling on Congress to slow down spending. Quote, With prices rising 6.8% over the past year, squeezing budgets for families and small businesses alike, it is time for Congress to hit pause on the reconciliation bill and not add any more fuel to the inflationary fire. Rather than building back better, the reconciliation bill will just be bringing back bad inflation. On the heels of this comes the news that the House version of the bill will increase deficits by $3 trillion over the next decade. This is an order of magnitude over the previous estimate. The previous amount of $367 billion was enough to make Joe Biden lie about it. He tweeted on November 18th, My Build Back Better Act is going to reduce the deficit by more than $100 billion over 10 years. It's going to lower costs, create jobs, and rebuild our economy. Let's get this done. Who else here is under the suspicion that we still don't have the full picture of how much either inflation or deficits are going to be once Biden gets done? Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling 
or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. <laughs> And now it's time to missionize this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. We were told over and over again, and we're still being told by the COVID panic mongers that this virus, despite a 99.7% survival rate, good vaccine coverage, and herd immunity in 29 states, is absolutely the biggest health problem and stopping the virus at any costs is paramount. Point out all the adverse effects of the lockdowns, and they shout you down and call you the worst sorts of names. Now we have figures from the UK, which also has herd immunity with an R sub T of 0.9, showing some 300,000 people with heart-related illnesses due to what they're calling PPSD, post-pandemic stress disorder. That could mean a 4.5% rise in cardiovascular cases, with the biggest risk group being those between 30 and 45. Former senior NHS psychological therapist Mark Rayner said that there are some 3 million PPSD sufferers in the UK, some 4.3% of the population. That could mean a dramatic rise in health issues such as coronary heart failure. Quote, PPSD is a very real problem on a massive scale. As well as the condition itself with all its immediate problems, one of the biggest collateral issues is the effect it can have on heart health. It is widely recognized that reducing stress and mental health problems is crucial to the prevention and recovery of cardiovascular events such as heart attacks and strokes. That jives with the experience of doctors like senior vascular surgeon Tahir Hussein at Northwick Park Hospital who said, quote, I've seen a big increase in thrombotic-related vascular conditions in my practice. Far younger patients are being admitted and requiring surgical and medical intervention than prior to the pandemic. I believe many of these cases are a direct result of the increased stress and anxiety levels caused from the effects of PPSD. We also have evidence that some patients have died at home from conditions such as pulmonary embolism and myocardial infarction. I believe this is related to many people self-isolating at home with no contact with the outside world and dying without getting the help they needed. Gee, if only someone had warned that this would happen when all that started. Yeah, sorry, my delivery's not as salty as it usually is. It's just difficult with so much suffering. Patients with symptoms of depression are at a 64% greater risk of developing coronary artery disease and 59% more likely to have an adverse cardiovascular event such as a heart attack. As it is, that amounts to 160,000 deaths each year in the UK. Pandemic-related lockdowns and other policies could add tens of thousands to that figure. 
This is the same category of lies that kill that this podcast has always attacked the anti-vaxxers for. Only these days, who can tell the difference? So all of that makes all of the COVID panic mongers this week's biggest bogey matter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's luxuriate this week's Idiot Extraordinary! When the news first broke of an apparent hate attack on actor Jesse Smollett, it was shocking. Soon after, when details started to emerge, the hoax became so laughably obvious it's a wonder anyone was taking him seriously, even though plenty in Hollywood and the news media were. I mean, when you claim your attackers were white, when they're from Nigeria... To say that it doesn't ring true is the understatement of the decade. Now, I think most sensible people, even those on the woke left, have come to realize it was a bewilderingly obvious hoax, but Smollett is still trying to spin this to make him innocent. So this week, it goes to his defense team. Now, I'm not going to get on their case just for defending the guy. Everyone's entitled to a defense. But their behavior throughout the trial and after is laughable bordering on pathetic. After a laughable and obviously false testimony on the stand, the jury found him guilty of five out of the six felonies, ranging from disorderly conduct to filing a false police report, each of which could get him up to three years in prison, but probably won't, let's be honest. But the testimony was just bizarre, including testimony of him engaging in homosexual acts in a bathhouse, which mitigates things how? I mean, just trying to think from the point of view of the average juror, they'd have to be wondering what was going through his mind. At another time, during a cross of a prosecution witness, the prosecution objected to defense counsel Tamara Walker asking completely irrelevant questions. Judge James Lynn sustained it, prompting her to ask for a sidebar. Then, bizarrely, Walker claimed that the judge physically lunged at her when she motioned for a mistrial. Not only does the judge say that never happened, none of the reporters present saw anything of the kind. According to reports, Walker then burst out in tears and left the courtroom with her mother. Why, oh why, wasn't this trial live-streamed? Well, actually, I know why it wasn't. It's Chicago, and they're never televised because they're one of the most insanely corrupt systems ever, but anyway... 
Another of the defense team, Heather Waddell, complained that the judge was snarling at them every time he sustained an objection from the prosecution. Well, maybe next time don't do stupid things that make them object. And now, amazingly, Smollett's defense team is not only appealing the guilty verdicts, they're actually saying there's a 100% chance they'll prevail. His lead attorney said, quote, We feel 100% confident that this case will be won on appeal. Unfortunately, that's not the route we wanted, but sometimes that's the route you have to take to win, especially in a case where we remain 100% confident in our client's innocence. Geez, why don't you just say release the crocken while you're at it? Quote, Jesse was not accused of doing two different things, and he was accused of doing one thing and charged multiple times for the same incident. A jury cannot come out and say guilty of lying, but not guilty of lying. It doesn't make sense. Right, nothing about that sentence made sense. I couldn't even parse it. He even complained about the case being, quote, tried in the media. Oh, come on! If it were, they would have completely cleared him. It's only been recently they've even acknowledged the hoax, although they still haven't acknowledged that they were wrong when they covered it, but then they never do. So all of that makes Jesse Smollett's defense team this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this... Little Squirt, he does one advert and thinks he's Dustin Hoffman, edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar, and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Remember, no more podcasts until next year. I hope you have wonderful holidays. Until then, here's a quote from Robert Heinlein. Reason is poor propaganda when opposed by the yammering, unceasing lies of shrewd and evil and self-serving men. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Literative 4.0 International License. Bogosity. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. 
Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.